For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Can you believe this? Looking to push tempo here, the Pelicans. Hold that follow through. That's right. This is what takes you to another level. What the Pell is up, everybody? This is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans with your host, Elliot Clough, at Elliot Clough on Twitter. That's E-L-I-O-T-C-L-O-U-G-H. Folks, before we start, got to remind you, subscribe and or follow, depending on where you're listening to this podcast at this very moment, and make sure to leave a rate and review on Apple Podcast, should you be listening there. And if you have the option to do so elsewhere, go ahead and do that very thing. On today's podcast, we are kicking off our series of talking with members of the media covering different teams all over the country, pretty much, just teams that are interested in Drew Holiday or that could possibly make a trade for Drew Holiday this coming offseason. So I'll be letting you know who those guys are as we continue to progress throughout the week. But this episode today, we're joined by Harrison Wind of DNVR Sports. He covers the Nuggets for DNVR Sports in terms of writing and then, of course, hosts the DNVR Nuggets podcast as well. So today we'll talk about the Nuggets vying for the Western Conference Championship. They're playing the Clippers tonight. We'll talk about their chances and, of course, other Drew Holiday things over the next half hour or so. So here is our conversation with Harrison Wind of DNVR Sports. And we're joined by Harrison Wind of DNVR Sports, specifically the DNVR Nuggets podcast. He also covers the Nuggets for DNVR Sports in terms of writing. Harrison, your Nuggets, they're going into a Game 7 tonight. Did you have any sort of expectations like this going into the playoffs? And how are you feeling right now with, with where the Nuggets are at? <laughs> uh, I regret to admit that I picked Clippers in seven in this series, which can still happen. Uh, I was with the uh, 20-some-odd ESPN analyst that Michael Malone <laughs> called out on uh, Monday here uh, that, that picked the Clippers to win. But I did have the Clippers in seven. So uh, I thought it was going to be a tough series. Um, I, I didn't expect it to go like this. And look, I didn't expect the Nuggets to get out of the first round either when they were uh, down 3-1 and down. 15 points in the third quarter of game five, which they were in both series. Um, but uh, th- this Nuggets team is special. They're as resilient of a team that, that I've ever seen. Um, so what do I expect in game seven? I expect it to be uh, a little similar to that Jazz game seven, maybe not of the 80 to 78 variety. I could see it a little more high scoring than that, but uh, I think it's going to be a knockdown drag out game where there's some tough sledding and um, I think it's going to be close 
And uh, I just think it's going to come down to the last couple minutes probably. I don't think anybody expected two 3-1 comebacks in the same year uh, in a playoff, in two playoff series uh, for any team, let alone uh, the Nuggets when faced with the Jazz and then the Clippers, who a lot of people had uh, making it to the finals, if not winning the NBA finals. I'm a, I'm a guy who had the Clippers going to the finals and, and win it at all before the so season. Yeah, before the season even started. I didn't see a game seven. I mean, you saw that coming. That's pretty impressive. I definitely would have said six or five or six, honestly, probably going into the series, considering how gassed the Nuggets looked and, and so did the Jazz at the end of that seven games. Oh, for sure. And a reason I picked seven, and this has kind of uh, come to fruition as the series has gone on, but Nikola Jokic averaged 26 a game against Rudy Gobert in the first round of that series. They were able to limit him in some ways, Utah was, but uh, I mean, still, on who was arguably the best matchup against Jokic in the league, him or Anthony Davis probably, Jokic still put up 26. So I was pretty confident he was going to absolutely eat against the Clippers, and he was going to have to. That was another thing. He was going to have to average, you know, 26 to 30 points a game, in my opinion, for Denver to win this series. And um, he's kind of on that track. So I thought he'd have a big series, and that would be the main reason why the Nuggets could push this uh, Clippers team deep. He has. Um, so that was really my thinking in thinking that this series could go six or seven games. It was going to be up to Jokic. If he was going to absolutely dominate, that was really going to be the only way Denver could push these guys. And, uh, I mean, he's had his way, and that's probably the Nuggets uh, – if you're the Nuggets, that's what you're most confident about going into game seven. The Clippers don't have an answer for him. Really, nobody does, though. Yeah, exactly. Plus, with the way Jamal Murray has has played in, in a few of these games, this this playoffs, I mean, you can never count the Nuggets out when, when Murray's playing like that. Oh, totally. And uh, another thing is, like, the, the Nuggets' defense was a dumpster fire, uh, really, until game six of that Utah series when Gary Harris came back and it kind of injected some life into this defense. Um, but I said this going into this Clippers series, that the Nuggets' defense was going to look better. Even though the Clippers have Kawhi, Lou Williams, Paul George, a lot of guys who can hurt you, uh, the type of offense that the Jazz run, that is the type of spread pick-and-roll attack that is really the one – or really one of the few types of attacks that just really hurts the Nuggets. Uh, they stretch Jokic out. Uh, they get him switched out like every play. They targeted him and Michael Porter Jr. like every play in that Jazz series. But the Clippers just run like so much more straight ISO. There's so much less creativity and imagination in the Clippers' offense. That's why I thought the Nuggets' defense would fare better in this series. And, I mean, they have. They've held the Clippers under 100 points a couple times. They've held them under 105 points, I think in four out of the six games or in three out of the six games. So the defense has been much better as well. Throw in the fact that this Clippers team, being completely healthy, they've only played, I think they played 12 games together in the regular season. And that certainly makes them vulnerable against a team like the Nuggets. So going into this game seven, let's say, let's say the Nuggets, the Nuggets win against the Clippers in this game seven in the semifinals of this year's NBA playoffs. Do you think they have a shot against the Los Angeles Lakers in the Western Conference Finals? <laughs> you know, I've learned my lesson. I'm not going <laughs> to doubt this Nuggets team anymore. If they beat the Clippers, I'll be picking them to beat the Lakers in seven. You can mark that down right now. Uh, look, 
I mean, are the Nuggets a better team than the Lakers based on what we saw throughout the regular season? No. Were they a better team than the Clippers based on what we saw throughout the regular season? No. But I'm not going to doubt these guys anymore. I'm not going to doubt Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray. I mean, Jamal Murray, like, this was a classic Jamal Murray performance in game six. And, you know, from somebody who's watched, like, every game he's played in over his career, like, this guy somehow, some way, when he gets injured – he pulls it together, he focuses somehow, and plays better after an injury. He got absolutely flattened by Paul George in game six and, like, bounced back out of nowhere, kept driving to the rim somehow, and had a big third and fourth quarter in uh, game six uh, last night. I don't know how he does it, but I'm done picking against Nuggets. I'm done um, I'm done just, like, overanalyzing it. I'll, I'll be picking them in seven if they beat the Clippers in game seven. Murray certainly doesn't like – folding up and packing his clothes. That's that's for sure. I think that's been well <laughs> not, not a big packer. But. <laughs> uh, but LeBron James and the rested Los Angeles Lakers will certainly be uh, be scary in the excuse me, the Western Conference finals this year in 2020. So going into this offseason, if if the Nuggets do fall in these semis, if they don't make it to the finals, they could be in the running for Drew Holiday this offseason via trade. And we talked about it just a couple of days ago, and this is something that I'm going to bring up to all of our guests in this Drew Holiday trade series that we're doing, purely out of curiosity. There seems to be sort of a consensus here, but I'm going to ask anyway. JJ, Trey Young, Kevin Durant, and Andre Iguodala, the former Nugget, have all said that he is one of the premier defenders in the NBA, if not the best defender in the NBA. From an outsider's perspective, do you think that Drew, his stock has increased this offseason? Hmm. Um, I've always held Drew Holiday in a super high regard. And um, like, especially coming from a Nuggets perspective, he's like the exact type of player that the Nuggets have kind of been missing here. Like they have a really uh, stout perimeter defender in Gary Harris, but Drew Holiday is a little bit taller, a little bit longer. He just has more range defensively. So I've always been high on him, but um, I, I think we've just kind of maybe developed a, a different appreciation for him o- over the last couple of years. Like, yeah, he was probably overshadowed may- maybe a little bit in those Anthony Davis years, but I, I mean, I've always been super high on him. And for the most part, a lot of players have it, I, this narrative of him not necessarily being one of the top players in the NBA or, or should I say being underrated is likely because well, one, he's in a small market in new Orleans Two, He's been the first or second option. And I don't think that's where he's going to thrive in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And, and three it's, I mean, the, the players know how good he is. It's really just a narrative put on by fans in the media of drew holidays, not, not a star and, and him not being an all-star over the last however many years under Anthony Davis. And then of course this year as well. Yeah, and it's always so interesting to to get a sense of who the players like actually respect and actually regard as a super high caliber defender. Um, I trust them when they're talking about Drew Holiday in that regard because it's not like you know Drew Holiday has been on these teams who have gone on super deep playoff runs and like contended for championships. Um, they've won a playoff series but you know other than that they haven't had that playoff success so to see players speak about him in that high regard that holds a lot of value absolutely absolutely especially guys like 
Kevin Durant, who is arguably yeah. one of the greatest scorers of all time, Trey, who's taken the league by storm, and obviously uh, Andre Godala, who's in some known in some circles as Lebr- LeBron stopper. But you know, if we look at his stats, those playoff series, we we might think something else wise or otherwise. But we don't need to get into that. That's for another podcast. So this trade has been a topic of conversation, at least in Pelicans media, in Pelicans circles pretty much since the trade deadline and even at the beginning of last year when, when Drew and, and the Pelicans looked pretty awful at 7-23 and 23 start in, in reference to the Nuggets going out and, and getting Drew Holiday via trade. You alluded to it just a second ago, but it, it sounds like you're on the bandwagon. Do you think he fits what Denver is trying to do, what they want to do going into uh, the future? I do, and – Denver, it's funny. They've placed a lot of uh, a lot of kind of resources around getting longer and adding more length. They brought in Jeremy Grant last summer, who obviously added length, and uh, Michael Porter Jr. Obviously, is super long at the three, not you know a super plus defensively right now, but he's got a lot of length. Bull Bull. Uh, who, who they brought in last <laughs> summer, um, who, who maybe could crack the rotation next year, has a ton of length as well. And uh, just kind of guys that they filled in the gaps with P.J. Dozier, one of their two-way players this year, who they're really high on, who's going to be on the roster next season. Also a super long guard. Um, so they've kind of gone from a team that did not have a lot of length to a team that has a nice uh, amount of length here over the last couple of years. Drew Holiday obviously has a lot of length. So I've always felt like he'd be a good fit on this team. And, you know, when you're in the West – the Nuggets are seeing it right now. Uh, they've got to go up against Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Uh, if they play the Lakers, I don't know if Drew Holiday's a great matchup on LeBron, but his length He's not. The he's would, not. Would, I can tell you that right yeah. now. He's not. <laughs> his length would just certainly help off the ball in a Lakers matchup. Um, James Harden, you, you know, like all, all, these, all these guards that the Nuggets will go against and have gone against in the playoffs, his length will help. So – I've always felt like he would fill a need. Absolutely. He is one of, I mean, he's known as basically the Damian Lillard stopper. He uh, is, is known as stopping John ja Morant this, this season as well and, and shutting down stud guards. That is what he's known for. The issue with his position in New Orleans is the fact that they don't have a guy like Jeremy Grant to guard a guy like LeBron James. And Drew is forced to take that position and, and that, really hurts his his defensive efficiency stats and really hurts his chances of being on teams on the all defensive teams also the fact that the uh the Pels weren't a good defensive team this year that hurts him as well um so I I think what you're hitting on he'd be really just a really good piece to guard opposing teams best shooting guard point guard the the Damian Lillards of the world basically and just his IQ, too. The Nuggets saw this in the Jazz series, but they were just, like, so absent of high IQ perimeter defenders, especially without Gary Harris there, who, who's really uh, the one guy who jumps off the page if you're talking about, like, high IQ defenders that Denver has. They were just missing those guys. Like, so many just missed assignments, so many instances where Denver's guards were, like, rotating off of shooters and, you know, like, rotating to guard a uh, a Royce O'Neal from three rather than a George Yang in that Utah series. J- just missed assignments, missed KYP. So his IQ would be a big addition as well. 
That, that's definitely true. He is a, a big basketball IQ guy, veteran. He is 30, been in the league for a while, been on <clears throat> very different teams, been with multiple different head coaches, and can bring a lot to any team that he is uh, traded to or brought in by a free agency, whether that be in a few years or is he traded this offseason. So in a trade with the Denver Nuggets for Drew Holiday, what we talked about fairly recently on our podcast with the host of Pro Pels Talk is the fact that if you can get Drew Holiday out of the West, that's going to be more ideal than keeping him in the West. But the two teams that are in the Western Conference that would make sense for a trade would probably be Denver and the other one being Golden State, who we will talk with at the end of this week. So with the Nuggets, you, they're going to say, yeah, you can't have Nikola Jokic or Jamal Murray. That's just going to be out of the question. There is no chance that would ever happen that they would trade him in a, in a situation for Drew Holiday. That would kind of defeat, that would defeat the purpose of the trade for Denver because Holiday would be a great third option, like I mentioned. So the Pels are going to want to, in trading Drew, to, to acquire young guys who could be stars into the future, add to their foundation of Brandon Ingram and Zion. And they don't want to acquire picks. They have plenty of those. So probably what the Pels are going to want is going to be Bull Bull because we've seen flashes of what he can do, what he could be capable of. And the other topic of conversation in terms of assets they could send to New Orleans is Michael Porter Jr. Do you think the Nuggets front office would be open to sending MPJ away in a trade like this? You know, I don't. I don't. Um... I think the Nuggets are probably higher on MPJ than any other team in the league is. And that was probably the case like before he even played a game this season because they were the only ones to really see him work out behind the scenes. And I think that's probably the case now because, I mean, yeah, he only played like 600-some-odd minutes in the regular season. I believe he's played around that same amount in the playoffs. Um, but I believe Denver is very, very high on him still. Uh, they think he can be an ideal third option next to Jamal Murray, next to Nikola Jokic. Uh, yes, I think a big question around those three is just long-term defensively. If you have those three on the court, you know, for 35 minutes a game, how good can your defense ultimately be? I shade on the side of if you have the right guys around those three, I think you can still have a fine defense, but um. I think Nuggets are super high on MPJ. I don't see them giving him up in a deal for Drew Holiday, although the Nuggets are high on Drew Holiday as well and uh, tried to get him at the deadline this season. Um, I don't think MPJ is going to be in that deal. Uh, that's just my take. I, I think Denver is still – is just very high on him. Sure. At the very least, that's where the conversations are going to start from David Griffin. Or are you willing to give up MPJ? Are you willing to give up – uh, any other pieces and it, it's easy to say bull bull will be a piece of that because he is on a, or was on a two-way contract with Denver so what do you think the Nuggets are willing to give up in a situation like this in making a play for Drew Holiday this offseason well you mentioned bull and I'm I'm very high on bull as well I think the Nuggets really like him uh, but I think uh, just speculating they would be up to having serious talks about including him in a deal like this. Um, you know, just because, like, there's still a lot of risk that comes with Bull. I mean, everybody in the league knows that. It was just, uh, you know, it, it was like 
just over a uh, year ago that he got red flagged in the draft and dropped the second round. So that's still on everybody's mind. Um, but he, he did show some, some stuff this year in the G League and even in those uh, scrimmage and seeding games that I think should have a lot of people intrigued. So I think they would think very hard about including him in a deal. I've got to think this trade would be centered around Gary Harris, to be honest. And it might just come down to what New Orleans thinks of Gary Harris. If you want, I can talk you into Gary Harris. I'm very <laughs> confident I can do that. Um, but I feel like that's where this trade would start, no? I think that's fair. That that has been a pretty common name that's been brought up in, in trades with with Drew Holiday. That involved Drew Holiday and, and possibly another piece from New Orleans going to to Denver. And you know what? I'm gonna I'm get. I'll give you the floor. Talk me into Gary Harris. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Gary Harris is the longest tenured Nugget. He's been through this entire rebuild with Denver. He's only 25. Um, he's an A-level perimeter defender. He, he's probably one of the more underrated on-ball defenders, definitely one of the more underrated on-ball defenders in the NBA. Yes, he has been injured uh, these last couple of years, but when he is healthy, I think he's proven to be a really good shooter. And you look at what he's done in the playoffs this season, 37.5% from three. So he's getting a shot back on around four attempts per game. Uh, he's a nice complimentary player. If you're building around Zion and Brandon Ingram, he doesn't need the ball a lot. He's a great cutter. He, he was really the first guy who kind of saw how his play could benefit playing next to Nicole Jokic. He was really the first guy who kind of rose to the top of like Nicole Jokic's uh, off ball partners in terms of Gary's just ability to cut to the rim and just find seams in the defense. He really, developed a strong chemistry with Jokic from day one. So I think his ability to play off the ball could be really good in New Orleans. And also for a young team like the Pelicans, he's a great locker room guy. Zero drama. Uh, he's a guy who's going to like set a good example for those young guys in New Orleans, even though, like I said, he's still only 25. Um, so, I mean, if you're a rebuilding team, I think you could do a lot worse than Gary Harris. Okay. I, I hear you. I, I, I'm starting to – that? that was pretty good. That was pretty good. You've convinced me more than I've been convinced in the past. So, so I'll, I'll give you that, Harrison. So what are there – are there any other pieces in a Drew Holiday trade from New Orleans that you're saying – that you would say we need that as well, that, that we would take that as well, um, and you'd be willing to grab a guy from New Orleans? I know a lot of the packages have include, included J.J. Redick. Is that something that you're interested in and, and that you feel the, the Nuggets would require in a trade with Pel the Pelicans? Uh, yes. I think J.J. Redick would be a nice addition um, to Denver. They've kind of been lacking that, you know, one absolute knockdown threat from the perimeter over the last couple of years. I do worry about uh, matching the salary there. Like, I'm pretty sure Redick's making well over $10 million. Um, Gary's making a lot of money, so is Drew. Uh, if the money can make it work, yeah, I think Denver would be open to Redick uh, for sure. Okay. Okay, that's been a big piece of, of trading around uh, with, with other franchises, including Drew, this offseason. Have you workshopped any trades that you've uh, put together in terms of the Nuggets sending some pieces to New Orleans in exchange for Drew Holiday and somebody else. Is there a, a thought of Gary Harris plus Bull Bull plus anybody else, or, or have you looked at it in depth? 
Well, I think you can look at Monte Morris, the Nuggets' backup point guard right now. Um, and if you're not too familiar with his game, I'll give you the bullet points real quick. Uh, a classic kind of throwback point guard, like a real game manager, um, but, you know, still a really uh, like capable three-point shooter. He's been like around 38 to 41% from three the last couple of years. Uh, high assist, low turnover guy. And uh, a really good backup point guard, to be honest. And Denver's got a guy in the pipeline, P.J. Dozier, right now, who they had on a two-way deal, who they really like. So if New Orleans was a big fan of Monte Morris, I could see Denver throwing him into that package as well. Um, So he's a guy I would definitely watch. Uh, The other thing that's tough with Denver is they just have a lot of guys who are slated for free agency this summer, like Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap a lot of these guys are going to be free agents this summer. So they just don't have a ton of guys under contract. Torrey Craig is also going to be a free agent. Right. I know basically everybody that I've talked to in the Pelicans sort of media center with the bird rights and other podcasts, everybody absolutely loves Jeremy Grant. So if there's any sort of situation where he picks up that player option, which I would be shocked if he picks that up because chances are he can get a contract for a hell of a lot more than $9 million elsewhere. Uh, but uh, if the, the Pels can finesse a situation where they go out and get Jeremy Grant, I'm sure uh, they'll be signed up for that. In reference to Monte Morris, I'm actually from Iowa, so, so I know his play being uh, he's an Iowa State graduate. But if you say something to the effect of, I know you said he's a throwback point guard, anything close to him being a traditional point guard, I think people are going to say, oh, that reminds me of Chris Paul, sign me up. <laughs> and there will be a lot of buy-in here in New Orleans in reference to Monte Morris. There is one question that I do have about his play and what he could bring to the Pelicans. So this issue with Lonzo Ball this year, or one of the issues I should say, is his struggle in half-court offense to really get anything going and be anything more than a spot-up shooter. What does Monte Morris bring in the half-court offense? Uh, He can run pick and roll. For uh, the last couple of years, the Nuggets bench offense has really been centered around the Monte Morris, uh, Mason Plumley pick and roll. Uh, so he can run pick and roll. He's a good lob thrower. He can initiate offense. He's not going to like get you a bucket in one-on-one situations a lot of the time, but he, he can be like a, uh, just like a strong piece in a five man offensive unit for sure. Okay. I like it. I've been talking a lot about Monte Morris as well for a, a trade with, the Nuggets uh, with with New Orleans. I mean, this backup point guard situation in New Orleans, I'm not sure how familiar you are with uh, the Pelicans, but Frank Jackson is not our guy. So Monte Morris would be an excellent uh, addition mm-hmm. for New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, that's what I feel like the most logical package is like a Gary Harris, Monte Morris, maybe bowl package or Gary Harris, Monte Morris plus a pick. Um and again, you you probably know more of what New Orleans is thinking than I do. But from the Denver perspective, that seems like the most logical pathway to a deal. Sure, that sounds right. And you get that risk and reward, high risk, high reward with Bull Bull. So the, uh, the dividends could definitely pay off in a situation like that. I know, like I said, speaking for everybody in New Orleans, if there's any way the Pels can get Jeremy Grant, the need for a 3 and D wing in New Orleans is so, so high. I mean, given the situation, like I mentioned, with Drew Holiday having to 
guard guys like LeBron James and, and Giannis this year is the fact that mm-hmm. it, it just, it's not there. He's just not that type of defense, defensive player. Yeah, I, I don't want all your listeners to turn off the podcast, but the Nuggets are not going to include Jeremy Grant in the deal, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's they, fair. Uh, I think that's fair. Yeah. They gave up a first-round pick to get him uh, this past summer, and Denver's a team that doesn't really give up first-rounders willingly uh, unless it's to duck the luxury tax like a couple of years ago. And uh, and for a guy like Jeremy Grant, who they think is going to be definitely a long-term piece. And uh, I think what he's done this playoffs, while he's been a little up and down, he's missed some open shots recently in this series with the Clippers. But I think he's done enough to prove to them that he's going to be the guy next to Jokic for the next couple of years. So I think the Nuggets are going to go out of their way to, you know, either keep him on the roster if he picks up that option or re-sign him to, uh, you know, two plus one or a three-year deal here if he does turn that down. Harrison, I tell you, it hurts, but I believe you. (laughs) Yeah, I tell you what, man. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm sure you're busy with with the Nuggets and how they're playing right now, the possibility of them heading to the Western Conference Finals. So we greatly, greatly appreciate it. Before we let you go, let us know, how do we follow you on Twitter? How can we see some of your work, listen to your podcast? Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter, at Harrison Wind. H-A-R-R-I-S-O-N-W-I-N-D. And then our podcast, the DNVR Nuggets podcast, you can download it on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. And you can find all my written work online, thednvr.com. Awesome. Thanks so much, Harrison. No problem, man. And there you have it, Pels fans, my conversation with Harrison Wind of DNVR Sports in Denver covering the Denver Nuggets. Before you go, make sure to go follow at Elliot Clough on Twitter. You're going to be getting all the Pelicans content there. Subscribe and or follow depending on where you're listening to this podcast. And make sure that you leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That really, really helps us out. Go follow Believe on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and you can check out a plethora of their other podcasts on Believe.com or just head over to wherever you listen to podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast right here. Go check out The Bird Rights, TBW, otherwise known as TBW. It's the SB Nation affiliate of the New Orleans Pelicans. You're going to be finding content there from Kevin Berrios, Chris Connor, David Grubb, Myself, Preston Ellis, Ali Cosell, and others. Folks, make sure to go follow at LA Clef on Twitter and leave that rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And have a good rest of your day. Make sure to come back tomorrow. We'll be having David Ramil of Locked on Heat on the podcast to talk a possible trade from New Orleans with Drew Holiday to Miami. So, folks, once again, I am Elliot Clough, and this was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.